Hi, y'all. This is Erica Jones with the Healing Revolution podcast. I am here today to talk to you about getting, asking for, receiving support. Holy bananas. This is a big topic, I think, for everyone, but I am in it this week, and this has become kind of the theme of my week. I am talking to you from my couch where I am laid up with an ice pack on my knee, two ankle braces, crutches, which don't work great, by the way, when you have two sprained ankles and a bum knee, but I had a miraculously ridiculous accident on Sunday. I missed the bottom step while I was carrying things into my basement and I have old injuries in all of these areas naturally and I rolled an ankle I rolled another ankle I twisted a knee and then I suddenly couldn't walk so looking ahead at my week my work my often body work somatic movement sound healing which I can do sound healing with my hands, but I can't do it because I can't sit on the floor with my bowls. So uh, that's just my work that got to cancel this week. So I am shifting gears completely to doing much more in the seated position. I also have four kids and one of them had to go to the airport on Monday morning to go back to her mom's. We needed a ride. Uh, the other three, I drive one of the kiddos to school every morning. I can't do that anymore. Um, that doesn't count every household life thing that exists that requires you to move your body. Dishes, laundry, cleanup, um, driving to appointments even. I can't do any of it on my own. I can gimp around with crutches. I can carry a backpack with my water bottle and snacks and gear. Um, I can take ibuprofen around the clock and Tylenol to help with pain. I can get ice sometimes. Sometimes I can do these things. Um, But, you know, if I'm trying to get a bowl of soup from the kitchen to anywhere to sit, these things don't happen. So this experience that I'm going through is what I call a disruptive cycle. So I talk a lot about seasons and cycles of our lives. The spring energy is very different than summer energy or fall energy or winter energy. And so our bodies need different things at different times. Our minds and our hearts need different things at different times. We're coming into the winter, and this is such a beautiful time to rest, to go within, to heal, to sleep, to dream. If you look around you, if you're living in a cold-weathered place, uh, you'll see so many indications of the way nature starts to change. As the winter approaches, the way the trees drop their leaves and bring all their energy internally, the ways that the plants and the animals are preparing for winter. We're doing that also, but we, with our electricity and technology, are so disconnected sometimes from these natural rhythms 
that we don't always understand why is it that we're so antisocial? Why do I just want to curl up with a book and some tea and not talk to anyone? Why am I so tired right now? That's your body's natural response to less light. You're not supposed to be as active. You're not supposed to be out and doing. You're not supposed to be in the same flow and rhythm as you are in the summer when there's peak light. You have big energy. There's a lot happening. It's fun to engage and go and do all the things. That's not where we're at. And I'm mentioning the seasons because what supports you in the winter or the fall or the summer might not support you at the other times. And if you're a person with a cycle who bleeds every month, you also might find that your energy changes throughout the month. Or even if you follow the moon cycles, the moon, the new moon is like the winter. It is that time of darkness. It has a more inward orientation. The peak time, like the summer, is the full moon. And that tends to be more outward expression and engagement. So you might find that your energy and your needs change through the month. Or they might even change through the day. The meditation or the music I listen to or the things I choose to do to support me in the morning are not the same things that are going to support me when I'm frazzled and bustling, bustling around midday. And they're not going to support me the same if I'm trying to relax and get ready for bed. We need different things at different times. And so... One thing I think that's really important to come back to, especially when you're struggling. Now, I want to speak to this because there are so many people, and I've been one of these people so much of my life, who inwardly is frustrated or raging or just so despondent that they desperately need help. And they're frustrated with the people in their lives or the situations that they're in because they're not getting the help that they need. But they're not even necessarily being honest with what they need. If you don't know what you want and what you need, how can you get it? How can you line it up for yourself? If you are a stay-at-home mom with a bunch of little kids who are, say, younger than preschool, it's busy, busy time. Your energy and life totally depends on how your kids are doing. If they're sick, if they're grumpy, if they're tired, that can throw off your whole day. If you don't get sleep, that can throw off your whole day. If you're someone who's dealing with a chronic illness or chronic pain or a mental health issue, and it makes it hard for you to even get through your day and you feel lousy, all you know sometimes is I feel awful and I need help. And I'm mad at the people in my life who aren't helping me. I know I've been there. I had three babies under the age of five at one point, And That was a lot. Nobody was in school full time yet. And it was just, and 
some of them didn't sleep very well. And I was struggling with chronic pain, with autoimmune condition, and I was a mess, if I'm honest. And I was so frustrated at the world, at the people in my life, at my situation that I couldn't get the support that I needed. But I also, if I think back on it, had very little clarity of what that was. And I gave myself zero permission to to ask for help. Zero permission to ask for help. Because I believed it was a failure on my part to need help. I am a very aggressively independent person, I would say. I have a deep belief that I should do it all myself, that I should be everything to everyone. I am a Virgo. I'm very rigid. I also only recently in the last few years realized that hyper-independence is a trauma response. When you've gone through times in your life and the people who were supposed to be there for you failed you or hurt you in some way, you don't trust the world or the humans in your life to be there for you. And so if the people in your life can't be there for you, and your internal belief is, I have to do this all myself, or I'm a failure, I'm failing as a mother, I'm failing as an entrepreneur, I'm failing as a family member, I'm failing in my friendships. I'm failing everyone and everything in my life because I'm not okay. And none of that is true. If you are in that state, babe, none of that is true. You existing means that you are an interdependent human. That means that you are neither independent or dependent. We are interdependent beings. We are communal beings. They don't talk about the lone human like they talk about the lone wolf. I know people like to romanticize that whole idea, but you are never meant to be isolated and on your own. We are tribal creatures. We need each other. We need the baker and the miller and the grains and the vegetables and the dairy. We need these things in order to eat. We need the person who can chop down wood and build a house. We need the trash person. We need, we need all of these different aspects in our communities in order to have what we need, right? I might be gifted at healing. Someone else might be gifted at herbs. Someone else might be gifted spiritually or as a teacher. There's just so many ways that our unique gifts and skills impact the world that what you have to offer is not supposed to look like anyone else. It's just not. You get to be you. You get to be your beautiful, unique, 
amazing, incredible, magical self in your way. Now, what does that have to do with support? If your needs are different than someone else's, you need more support in a certain area than someone else, that is not a failing on your part. You are not failing if you need support. Each of us has strengths and weaknesses. And I'll offer that each of us, the lesson of learning to give and receive and to live in reciprocity actually deepens and empowers everyone involved. The act of asking for help actually opens up a channel where the helper feels a deeper, more intimate connection with you because you were vulnerable and you asked them for help and you allowed them to help you because people love feeling needed. They love feeling important. They love feeling like they can give something to someone that they care about. That is a gift for them to be able to give to you. Sorry, my dog is over here fidgeting. So if she is disruptive, I apologize, but I can't really leave the room. Anyway, in asking someone for help, you are opening that doorway. You are being vulnerable and showing them that, hey, I'm not okay. And could you please help with this? And in sharing your vulnerability, I'm not okay. I'm struggling. I could really use this. Not only do you tell people how they can love and support you, which deepens your relationship, but you are being vulnerable. You are showing a deeper, more intimate side of yourself, which also deepens relationships. And it it gives other people permission to be more real and honest when they have needs. I have had to learn through this very circuitous route of how to give and receive support because I've had an internal belief from childhood, probably, that I don't deserve help. I don't deserve support. I am not worthy of love and support. I have to earn love and support. And if I don't have it, that means I'm not good enough for it. And my belief has been that if I deserved it, if I was worthy of it, it would flow naturally to me. This year, I've been working and learning and studying with the Pacos, who are indigenous people who live in the high Andes of Peru. And the Pacos are their mystics, their healers, their spiritual teachers in their community. And they teach Aini, which is sacred reciprocity. And in their practice of Aini, they're intimately connected with nature and the earth. They see every nature being as a living entity that they connect with. So the mountains, many of the mountains are like their fathers. They're, they're male guardians. There are some mountains who are more feminine in their energy and nature. 
but they have their mountains and their lakes and their rivers and Pachamama, the earth, and Intitaita, Father Sun, and Pachatata, Father Cosmos. They are in, and Mother Moon and Mother Stars, they are in living connection and relationship with these nature beings. And they believe that when you're born, you have two nature beings that live near where you were born. So the closest hill or land formation to the place of your birth is your, um, your nature dad. And your closest water source to where you were born is your nature mom. So that's your pacarena, your nature mom, and your ituapu, your nature dad. And in their belief, so we have two human parents and two nature parents. And I asked them once about feeling worthy to receive love and energy and healing from nature. And our job is to be in relationship, to give and receive. But I asked them, what if you don't feel worthy? They said, you are a son or daughter of the earth. You were born worthy. You are a child of these nature beings. All they want is to love and support you. They don't have all the same human drama and story that the rest of us have. And so in the last year, I've practiced deeply giving and receiving to the earth, to the land, to the water, to the mountains, to practice testing my skill at asking my nature mom and dad for help when I feel like I don't deserve to ask the humans in my life for love and help. So I just want to share all of that so you understand that giving and receiving support is not as simple as, hey, I need this thing, and then it magically shows up. It is a deep inner wrestling and process sometimes. And there's so much self-judgment and limiting beliefs around even our deservingness of receiving support or our stories about our own failures, our comparison. And this is all the baggage that colors the situation. So I know when my kids were little and I was at home, And I was frustrated at the state of things, and I felt like I desperately needed help, but also couldn't ask for it. What that looked like and how that played out was I would be struggling. I would not talk about it. I would not ask for what I needed. I would get more and more frustrated, more and more pissed off, more and more upset. I would be hurting more. I would be sleeping less. I would be struggling more. It would snowball. To the point that I would blow up at somebody, my mom, my husband, somebody close to me. I'm either a sobbing mess complaining about to a friend about how unsupported I feel or I would blow up at my partner or I would rage at my family or I would hold this inner resentment that they weren't giving me what I needed. But I didn't even know what I needed and I wouldn't ask. I kept people at a distance and I kept my walls up. So here I am all this time later, suddenly 
literally like incapacitated to the point where I cannot function without help. And for someone as strong and independent as I am, that is one of the most humbling experiences you can go through. And I've had several times this year where I've had little tastes of surrender. This is beyond your capacity. You need help. And every time I fight back, I don't want to ask for help. I want to think about all my solutions and all the ways I can handle this myself. And ultimately, it was very clear each time that until I asked for help from someone, my situation didn't improve. It's been my cosmic lesson. So while this injury sucks, I pretty much right away felt like the first lesson from the universe in all of this situation is humble yourself, ask for, and receive help because otherwise you literally can't function. (sighs) So that's something that I'm still kind of uncomfortable with and still trying to breathe through and work through. And I still don't like it. I'm not going to lie. I hate it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me emotional. It makes me frustrated. And I'm grateful. And when I open myself up and share what I need with the people who are able to help me in these ways, I can receive back what I need. Now that last part, with the people who are able to help me. When you get real with yourself about what you need, you also need to get real with who actually in your life has the capacity and ability to give you that thing. This is really important. And this will help you not only practice asking for help, but also practice receiving help from people who are willing to give it. I had a visit yesterday from my cousin and she is someone who is not super emotionally uh, encouraging, I would say. She's awesome. She's a badass, but she's very matter of fact. She is a get shit done kind of gal and she has a beautiful talent in the kitchen So if you experience a loss, she's not the one to cry on her shoulder. She's just not. That's not how she shows up at her best. But if you need somebody to go do some errands for you or bring over dinner, she is on it. And she's a great cook and she's married to a chef. So all of that being said, like, holy damn, if you want a meal, she's the one to go to. But if I want to cry... I have other resources for that, right? So on Monday, my first thought is, holy shit, I'm just at the point in my business where I'm trying to stabilize things after a whole lot of transition during the pandemic in the last few years, people renting my space, not renting my space, you know, all of these things, trying to find my new flow again, creating new things. Uh, and 
my husband was unemployed for a while, is back working in a school, which is fantastic, but it, you know, meets our needs and not a lot more. Um, and I am, my income matters to my family and looking at, I might be off for six weeks. I might be off for three months. I might need surgery. I don't know, but I know I can't work this month. And I know I still have rent to pay and still have bills to pay and still really need to contribute to my family. What the fuck am I going to do? Right? First, stabilizing support. Is there a way I can generate money? Is there a way I can ask for help? And I did something I've never done in my life. And I shared on social media what's been going on and asked for help. And within two days, I had enough to cover my rent and my expenses for the month. That gift right there was miraculous to me. It changed everything about how safe I feel in this moment. I needed rides for my daughter in the morning. Logistically, who can do that for me? And my husband was able to rearrange his driving schedule to our other daughter's school and pick that up. So that's done. But he also sometimes does morning and afternoon jobs on the side. And I need to pick up the girls during those times. And that's off the table for now. So that's an adjustment we had to make as a family. Then it's the meals. It's the errands. There's a lot on his shoulders. And I'm lucky to have family support in town. And so my mom has been available to come take me to doctor's appointments. She's a nurse, so she's a great fit for that. I've had people stop by to give me a hand or to take me someplace, and they've unloaded and reloaded the dishwasher. And my husband's doing a beautiful job, but he's only one guy who works full time and has to like make meals and take care of our kids the rest of the time since I'm out. Like these are all things, right, that I'm dealing with. I have people in my life that do energy work, that do body work, that do other things. I have access to physical therapy. I have access to all of these things, but I have to decide to reach out. I needed some things for my office. I had to call someone who I thought would be willing to go do that for me. A friend offered to come over with coffee just to talk. I also really need that comfort. So what I want you to take away from this is like really getting clear with yourself on how am I struggling? What do I need to just function, to just feel baseline? Okay, what's the baseline? Do you need more sleep? Do you need help around the house? Do you need to not have to go to the grocery store? Do you need XYZ? Like, what is it that's just too much and making your life miserable? Let's start there. What is it that you need the most? If you need more sleep, how can you get that? How can you prioritize a nap, somebody to come help you out, going to bed early? I don't care. I don't know. How can you, is there a way? Groceries. Can you order 
grocery delivery. I was looking into that this week to take one thing off my husband's plate. Can we do grocery delivery? Can I arrange a couple of meals so that he doesn't have to cook everything every night? So we got a meal last night and that was such a gift to just have one less thing. What do you need? I had a friend stop by the other day in route to an appointment and she was able to switch my laundry over and um, bring me my coffee out of the kitchen so that I could drink it. Like these little things are a gift. What do you need to just be okay? And then what do you need to feel your best? Maybe you're someone who is okay day to day, but still struggles with fatigue or still struggles with pain or still struggles with health issues or just doesn't feel great. Your mindset isn't great. You're not super happy. What can feed you and nourish you and what diminishes your state? I realized this week that doom scrolling on social media is not helpful. I like to check in because this is almost one of the few ways I get to be connected with people. So it's nice to pop over and see if anything's going on, see if I've heard from anyone. And then I need to pop out because the longer I stay, the less good I feel beyond the first five or 10 minutes of check-in. So what can I do instead with my time and energy? Can I listen to a podcast or an ebook that's going to be uplifting to me? Can I watch a sappy Christmas movie because I'm hurting and I just don't feel like functioning? What can I do? Can I call a friend? Can I have someone come visit? Can, do you need therapy? Do you need some sort of support? Maybe you had had a bad experience with therapy, but you need some accountability partner, some new hobby, some new experience to kind of take you out of the rut that you're in. What do you need? And then how can you get it? What is the best source of that support for you? Maybe you're someone who really feels like you need to move your body more and want to exercise more, but really don't enjoy exercising and are sick of weightlifting. You don't want to run. You don't want to walk. You don't want to do all these things. What are you into? What makes you feel alive? I love dancing. I haven't danced much. I've never considered myself a good dancer. I love how I feel in my body when I move it. And I found this dance practice called Koya. You can go to koya.love is their website. And it is such beautiful medicine. And it was the only thing I was able to do when I had debilitating back pain. Because even though it's a dance class, her whole motto is find what feels good and see if you can make it feel even better. If it hurts, don't do it. Listen to your body. That's magic. Listen to your body. Do what makes you feel good. So if you feel great running, find a way to do that. If you feel great swimming, find a way to do that. If you need to be in the warmth and Michigan is depressing, well, I'm in Michigan, so that's what I'm speaking to. Go to the botanical gardens. Go to the sauna. Do something to warm yourself up. 
Light lots of candles. Make yourself cozy. Only you can know how you're struggling, what you want and need, and then it's your job to figure out who to ask. I know my partner is wonderful in countless ways, and there are some things that I want to say and talk about, and he doesn't know what to do with it. And I could try, I could try and open up and share what's up, but if I'm really looking for a certain type of support or encouragement, I have other people in my life that can give me that. So instead of frustrating both of us, trying to have this conversation or trying to get this resolution, who else in my life is really great at that thing? Maybe they're the ones to ask. And also the last part about giving and receiving. I never want to be in a position where I find out that someone has overgave to me to their own detriment. They are harmed in giving to me. They are depleted in giving to me. That's a shitty place to be. And in my healing, I've made a pact with myself to only give from my abundance when I feel good from my overflow. Because if I'm depleted or exhausted and I agree to something that I really can't do well or feel good while doing, I'm going to have to say I'm sorry, but no, I'm not available for that. Because that is my self-care and my self-preservation. And when I am filled up and overflowing, I have a lot to give. But when I'm not, I can't give a lot. This week, I canceled a lot of somatic and body work, movement-based clients. But I still had some coaching clients that, yes, I meet in my office. And we were able to work on Zoom. I feel good for that. I can still do energy work. I can still do coaching. I can still help with strategy and mindset. I can guide healing and meditation from my computer. So I might not have a lot of that on my schedule these days, but that is something that I can do. And I can offer from a full enough place that I can do it well. And honoring myself and realizing that is a really big deal. So if I am ever in a situation and I ask somebody for something, I cherish their no. Their I'm sorry, but I'm not available for that is them taking good care of themselves. And if our entire community believed we were worthy of support, committed to taking great care of ourselves, and asking for the support that we need and allow ourselves to actually receive it, the result is we have so much more to give. The world would be a better place if we gave from our fullness, not when we're almost empty. That's the time to fill ourselves. And apparently this December is my time to get all filled up 
I'm still not sure entirely why, but here we are. So, how can you apply this to your life? Where do you struggle with this? This is my joy to talk about and teach these days because I know almost zero people who have a healthy relationship with giving and receiving outside of the Pacos. I mean, in the Western U.S. modern world, I don't know that many people who feel like they're in a great flow of giving and receiving. I think a lot of us have these wounds of needing to prove ourselves, not deserving help, being broken, being failures, showing weakness, being ashamed, and then not really knowing ourselves well enough to know what we need and what we want. And then to be able to be in relationship with people that you can ask of, it's life-changing. So if anybody wants to talk about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you want to chat about it, I have free discovery calls available and I can provide support via Zoom to strategize, to tune in, to listen to your body's messages, to tap into what you really want and need underneath all the mental garbage because your brain will tell you a whole lot of stuff but when you get into your body when you get into spirit when you get into your intuition and really like soften and listen what are your emotions telling you what what are what's going on under the surface that's when you can tune in to what you really need and really explore how to get that for yourself Thanks for listening. I hope you have an incredible day. And I hope that this changes something for you this week, this month, and going forward. Take care.